thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Hey everyone, great to connect with you again online. You know, our world needs hope. We need hope. Maybe you need hope. I need hope. We all need hope. And if you Google hope out there, there's loads of great quotes about hope. One of my favorites is a Russian author called Dostoevsky who said, and I'm going to get it right, to live without hope is to cease to live. To live without hope is to cease to live. But one of my favorites is a really English quote, a guy called Arthur Wing Pinero, great name. And he said this, without tea, there is no hope. Do I hear an amen out there for that? Without tea, there is no hope. But you know, hope is such a serious subject. And we're asking the question today, can hope in God make the difference? Can hope in God make the difference? And if you're not a follower of Jesus right now, maybe you don't have belief in God. You don't even know whether God exists. Or maybe, maybe you're, you're kind of, maybe He does, but I'm not quite sure what difference it makes if I believe in God. Or maybe you are a follower of Jesus today and you do have that faith. But maybe you're asking the question, but does that faith, does that hope in God make a difference, especially when my circumstances don't seem to change. And that's what we're going to look at today. This is week three of our series called Hope in the Dark. And we base this series on Craig Grishel's book and on his teaching series. He's a pastor of a church in America called Life Church. And we've, we've borrowed this and used it and he's given it away all around the world. And, and if you've read the book, it's a great book. I'd really encourage you to read that. And also accompanying the series is a uh, daily Bible uh, s- uh, study devotion thing. When I say that, it's quite simple. It's very short. Uh, it's on version app which you can get on your phone or you can go to our website and you can you can connect to that and I've been reading that through this last uh, three weeks as well I know many of you have and it's not too late that you can do that but hope in the dark is based on a little book in the Old Testament which is the first part of the Bible and it's called the book of Habakkuk Habakkuk was a prophet who lived about 2600 years ago and here's the thing most prophets spoke to people on behalf of God but Habakkuk spoke to God on behalf of the people. And Habakkuk looked around at his world and he said, you know what, this world right now, my nation right now is in chaos. There's like oppression, there's injustice, there's, there's fear, there's violence. There's, and basically he looked around and he says, my world is in crisis. God, are you gonna do anything about it? And here's the thing, he didn't like the answers that God gave him. And so he wrestles with these whole things. And we've looked at this the last couple of weeks. And I'm going to go back to the board and I'm going to show it you again. Because I think there's a, hey, chapter one, that was tough. Chapter two, that was tough. We're not in chapter one or chapter two. We're in chapter three and there's some good news coming. So let's go to the board. And you see, what happens for Habakkuk is what happens for many of us when we give our lives to Jesus, when we come to faith in God. So maybe if you're not a Christian yet today, you might think, okay, so if I become a Christian, then that's gonna mean that my life will be great and no challenging or troubling things will ever happen. Well, it doesn't quite mean that. You see, this is how it works. You see, we give our lives to Jesus, okay? We become a follower of Jesus, and then often, spiritually anyway, there's like a high, and it's so good, and we get to mountaintop experiences. But then life happens, then situations happen, and it begins to go like that. And at that point, we get what many people call a crisis of belief. And we've got then three options. Do we deny and pretend, 
and try and you know, just say, hey, life's great and we're living on the mountaintop. Or option number two, do we walk away, which many people do. Or do we do what Habakkuk did? And when Habakkuk had the crisis of belief and he didn't like what God was saying and he didn't like what God seemed to be doing or not doing, what he did is he wrestled and embraced and that took him down into a valley. And in the valley, there was two things that happened. And we looked at it in week one. He began to wonder. He was wondering. And then last week, in uh, week two, uh, we said that Habakkuk began to wait. He was waiting. But we're not in chapter one. And we're not in chapter two. We're in chapter three. And by the end of chapter three, in Habakkuk 3 verse 19, Habakkuk says that this is the very last verse of the book of Habakkuk. And he says this, The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. And in Habakkuk 3, it comes to the point of worship. See what's happening? In the valley... In the valley, he's wandering and he's waiting. But by Habakkuk chapter 3, he's worshipping. And it says that he's, his feet are like the feet of a deer. And God has enabled him to step and to tread on the heights. Which must mean one thing. It must mean that the circumstances that put Habakkuk in the valley have now been changed. And so now there is no injustice. And now there is no chaos. And now there is no crisis. Wrong. It doesn't mean that at all. In fact, at the end of chapter three, the circumstances as Habakkuk looks around his world are exactly the same as they were in Habakkuk chapter one and Habakkuk chapter two. So how does hope in God make the difference? Well, it makes the difference even when our circumstances don't seem to change. So guys, maybe for us, then what that looks like is this. Maybe we think, well, okay, for me to come to chapter three kind of faith where I'm worshipping, that must mean that the coronavirus crisis has gone. We've got the vaccine. We're all set free. Do you know what I mean? There's no more social distancing. We never have to wash our hands again. No, we're going to wash our hands again, all right? The economy's booming. Uh, there's no racial tension. There's no protest. There's just unity and harmony and all of this. And even more than that, Villa don't get relegated. No, you see, here's the thing. Our hope in God is not dependent on external circumstances. Now listen, let me be really clear. I believe God does change things. God does do that. But even when he does not, we can still have hope in the darkness. Bishop Desmond Tutu, he said this, hope is being able to see that there is light despite all of the darkness. And Habakkuk came to that in Habakkuk chapter three, when he said at the end, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. He's worshiping God, even in the dark. This is where hoping God makes all the difference. At the end of chapter two, Habakkuk, there's a shift there because Habakkuk um, uh, says, but the Lord is in his holy temple. And then as we go into chapter three, there's like a reset going on. And, and Habakkuk uses, or, or it says in Habakkuk three, and there's this word, shiginoth. Yep, I actually said that right. Shiginoth. Why don't you say that word with me, okay? You guys have never said that word before in your life. Why don't you say it out loud? Shiginoth. I can't hear you. Shiganoth, say it to the person next to you, okay? Some of you are feeling really weird. Even if you're on your own, say it out loud. Some of you, someone's just come into the room now and heard you say Shiganoth and looked a bit like that. But Shiganoth is a Hebrew word and it's a very rare word. 
In fact, it only appears in the Bible twice, here in Habakkuk 3 and in Psalm 7. And it literally, it's a descriptor of how you're to sing a song. You see, Habakkuk chapter 3 on your, in your Bible, it just looks like it's words, okay? But it's not words, it's actually a song. There's such a shift between Habakkuk chapter 2 and Habakkuk chapter 3 that even though the world hasn't changed, Habakkuk's changed. His faith, his trust, his hope in God has resulted in a song. And Shiganoth literally is a direction, it's directives of how you're meant to sing a song of worship to God. And it literally means this, is to sing with strong emotion, enthusiastic passion. This is not a whiny country ballad. All right, this is exactly, this is where you're praising God, um, not just for the what, but for who he is. This, guys, is praise before the provision. This is praise before the provision. And if you're a follower of Jesus today, you'll know in your life how powerful this can be. When you can declare, the sovereign Lord is my strength, even when I don't see the answer that I want. So how did Habakkuk get this kind of hope how do you get this kind of hope? How do I get this kind of hope? I want to share three ideas with you today, okay? Number one, you remember. Number one, you remember. Let's look in verse two. Habakkuk says, Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat, repeat them in our day, in our time. Make them known in wrath. Remember mercy. So Habakkuk begins to, to remember. He says, God, I know you've done some amazing things in the past. So will you do it again? There's a great song that some of you will have heard of called Do It Again. We haven't sung it here yet, but we want to because it's such a great song. And it's like we remember what God has done. And then we say, God, because you've done such a lot, would you do it again? We begin to remember. How's your memory? How's your memory? You know, there's a difference between uh, long-term memory and short-term memory. And apparently our ability to remember uh, is shaped by the significance we attach to the memory and by the frequency of our recall. Let me give you an example for me. I've got a great memory when it comes to Bible verses, which some of you are saying, well, that's pretty good because that's your job. Can I just say, it's really scary whenever there's a quiz going on and the Bible comes up because everyone looks at me and expects me to get it right, okay? But I've got a great memory when it comes to Bible verses. I'm also good when it comes to remembering historical dates. I'm really good when it comes to remembering actors and their previous roles. In fact, Alison will tell you, this drives her potty. Whenever we watch a new series, and we've watched a lot over the last 13 weeks, I'm saying, Who, what was he in? What was she in? Anyone ever do that? Or is that just me? Yep, okay, Andy Hancock's put his hand up. Any of you ever do that? And if I can't remember, I've got to Google it until I know what they were in. It's really embarrassing. It's really frustrating. But I've got a good memory at things like that. But here's the thing that I have a horrible memory over, passwords. Oh my goodness, I have so many passwords and I hate remembering passwords. In fact, it's such an issue for me now that Alison hates it, okay, that's my wife, whenever there's a password issue. And the staff now, you know, when they realise that I've forgotten a password, some of them fake death, some of them pretend they haven't heard, some of them on Zoom calls freeze like that to try and pretend that the Wi-Fi is gone because they know it's horrible. See, I can remember certain things, but other things I just can't seem to remember. You see, we remember meals, don't we? We remember the meals that we had on certain anniversaries. What did I eat last Tuesday night? Haven't got a clue. It's like sights and sounds and smells. They all evoke memory for us, which is so important. In fact, for me, music evokes memories as well. When I hear certain music, I remember certain things. Let me take you back to the 80s. When I hear this, 
want to sway with me? Then I remember this. That is me and my wife. I know some of you are throwing up in your living room right now. But when I remember certain kinds of music, it like puts pictures in my mind. And I don't know about you, but what, what, what do you struggle to remember? In fact, maybe in the chat right now, guys, some of you are just getting over that emotional moment there of seeing me and Alison in the, in the late 80s uh, getting married and that music. But what do you struggle to remember? I struggle to remember passwords. Maybe some of you to struggle to remember. In fact, we have some members of staff that struggle to remember where they put their phone. You know who you are. And I don't know what it is that you, that you struggle to remember. Why don't you put it in the chat right now? But you know what Habakkuk starts to do is he starts to remember what God has done in the past. This is so, so important. Let, let, let's look in the Bible. Verse three, um, he says this, God came from Taman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and praise filled the earth. Those two places, Teman and Paran, are two places that God took the children of Israel when he brought them out of Egypt. And Habakkuk is recalling and remembering what God did in the past. And then in verse six, it says this, he stood and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. The ancient mountains crumbled and the age-old hills collapsed, but he marches on forever. It's like Habakkuk's reminding himself and saying, hey, in the past, God, you did so many amazing things and you are still the same today. And then in the rest of this chapter, the rest of this Shiganoth, as he praises and as he worships God, he's recalling all the things that God has done in the past. He remembers who God is and what God has done. And I want you to know this, guys, and this is a word for some of you. If you think God has forgotten you, then you have forgotten who God is. And I'm looking right down the camera and I'm saying, guys, there's some of you sat there right now and you think that God has forgotten you. But then you've forgotten who God is. And if we want hope in the dark, we need to remember what God has done. You know, the other powerful thing for me is pictures. I have photographs, like this one here um, is, is a picture of balloons that we let off many years ago. What you can't see is on the bottom of the strings of those balloons, there's a little card that says, my dream for my town. And many years ago, as we were approaching our, one of our anniversary, I think it was our 35th anniversary, one of our staff, in fact, I think it was Andy, um, discovered on Twitter that somebody had written a tweet and it said this, that Hale Zoen, and that's the town where, where we are in right now, Hale Zoen is the place where dreams go to die. And I remember we, we, we read that as a staff team and we thought, no way, we just don't believe that. And so, so we drew a line in the sand and we, when we came to this celebration, we gathered literally hundreds, if not over a thousand people from the church and from the community. We had a great community day and we said, hey, someone's written this tweet, but we don't believe that for our community because we are for our community. We're for this town of Halzoid. And so we got people, Christian and not, um, part of the church and not, to write on this card their dream for our town and we let them off. And I track back to that moment because in the last five years since that moment, God has done amazing things. Now we're not just one church in one location, but we, uh, we've got a, we've now got, uh, uh, we're now one church in four locations and now connecting with many other people. And we're for our town of Halzoen and we're for the community of Rowley and we're for the community of Hagley and we're for Duras in Albania and many other places. And, and so I remember what God has done when I see that picture. And here's a personal picture that's such a favourite of mine. Uh, and a few years ago, and this is me and my son, Josh. 
And this is when Josh is getting baptised. And uh, on that day when he was baptised in the morning, we then got in the car and we drove to Northampton in the afternoon and he graduated from university in the afternoon. And on that one day, I have that almost sense, because there were times in our lives when we weren't sure that Josh would do either of those things, get baptised or graduate. But when I think of that picture, I remember what God has done. Guys, I want to say to you, if you're a follower of Jesus in this season, when maybe you're asking God, is there hope in the dark and does it make a difference? Remember what God has done. But you don't just remember. The second thing that you do is you trust. You trust. You see, we remember what God has done, but then we trust in who God is. Is. Now I'm going to read some verses to you and these are some of the most beautiful verses I think in the whole of the Bible. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 16. Here we go. It says this, I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. In other words, Habakkuk saying, hey, I don't understand what I'm seeing. I don't get that, but I'm, but I'm quivering and I'm waiting and, and, and I'm, I'm coming to a place of trust as I remember what you've done. And then it goes on to say this, though the fig tree, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the sheepfold and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. This is powerful stuff. God can provide. God can change. God can do anything. But even when he does not, can we come to a place where we can hope in God even in the darkness? This reminds me of that story that we looked at right at the beginning of lockdown from Daniel, book of Daniel, chapter three, where those three characters, three friends of Daniel, they're in the fire because the king says, hey, we want you to, I want you to worship me, don't worship God, or I'll throw you in the fire. And he threw them in the fire and the guy said, listen, our God is able to save us. That's like we remember, okay? We remember what God can do. Our God is able, but even if he does not, we're gonna trust him anyway. We remember what God has done and then we trust who God is is. It's so, so important. This is exactly what Habakkuk does in Habakkuk chapter 3. As he moves out of chapter 2, he's worshipping. He's still doing what his name says. His name means wrestle and embrace. He's wrestling and embrace. You see, we don't let what's wrong with us or our world stop us from worshipping what's right with God. We don't let what's wrong with us or our world Stop us from worshipping what's right with God. And guys, I know many of you are stirred up right now. And this is not on my notes, okay? You're stirred up right now because of all the rioting that's going on and the Black Lives Matter and then the backlash to that and British history and this and that. And I understand all of that as much as I can. Can I just say, okay, as a pastor here and many of you guys watching, whether you're watching live or on demand, we need to listen more than we speak right now, Okay? We need to listen more than we speak right now. In fact, I want to encourage you to listen to a conversation I did or had last Wednesday uh, with a good friend of mine, Carl McGregor, who's black. And we talked around these whole issues. You can catch it on Facebook. But you know, even when we look around at what's wrong with our world or when we look around at what's wrong with us, it shouldn't stop us worshipping what's right with God. We need to trust God even in the middle of the darkness. And Habakkuk is shigging nothing. 
Habakkuk is remembering. Habakkuk is trusting. Habakkuk is wrestling and embracing. He's still got the questions that he had in chapter one. He's still got the waiting that he had in chapter two, but he's now on the heights. He's now in a high place, not because the circumstances have changed, but because he has changed in the circumstances. So does God, does hoping God make a difference? Absolutely. Does it make a difference to the circumstances? It can, but it makes a massive difference to you and me in the middle of the circumstances. Last night, I um, put on Facebook something uh, and I said that I was going to talk about a hymn and a hymn writer. Uh, and I'm going to do that in a moment. And I said to people on Facebook, out on Facebook world, what's your favourite hymn? And I had so many uh, people respond to that. These are old school hymns, okay, that some of you won't have ever heard of. But you know, here's what was interesting to me. Why these hymns were so important to people was not just the hymn, but the memories attached to the hymn when we recall what God did in our lives and also the stories behind the hymn. Here's a guy called George Matheson. And George Matheson was born in the 1900s, in the, well, the 1800s, the 19th century in Scotland. And he was born partially blind. But by the age of 20, he was fully blind. In fact, his fiancée, when she realised that he was fully blind, she left him. And at the age of 20, his sister kind of, Took, took care of him and helped him to learn languages. And he was a brilliant mind and he had a career in academia, in, in universities. But by the time he was 40, his sister got married. Uh, and, and on the eve of his sister's wedding, he, he had this wrestle and embrace because he was pleased for his sister, but it kind of highlighted his own life and his own circumstances and the darkness of his life, literally because of the blindness, but also because of his situation. And on the eve of his sister's wedding, he sat down and in five minutes, he wrote a hymn. And it's become one of the most famous, well-loved hymns in the Christian church. Oh, love that wilt not let me go. And do you know, in the five minutes he wrote it, he never corrected a word or a note or a chord. He just wrote it out in five minutes. And in fact, somebody on the Facebook chat last night, they said this, this, this hymn and they actually quoted the words that I'm about to quote right now. And maybe guys, maybe there's somebody out there and you need to hear these words and it's these. Oh joy that seekest me through pain, I cannot close my heart to thee. I trace the rainbow through the rain and feel the promise is not vain. That morn shall tearless be. George Matheson couldn't see physically, but he had hope in the dark because he could wrestle and embrace. And guys, maybe right now, some of you are wrestling and embracing. Maybe you're wrestling and embracing over a job. And can I just say, if you are, I want you to know you're not alone. You're not alone. And maybe some of you out there, maybe you're business leaders. Maybe you've got companies. Maybe you're a, a church leader or a, or a, or a not-for-profit leader and you're, and you're wrestling and embracing because you're, you're concerned for the livelihoods of the people that are in your employ. Or maybe you are an employee and you're concerned about your job. Listen, God can change the circumstances, but even if he does not, we can have hope in the dark. Check this out. The construction business, I was, I was born into it. I was um, basically a third generation contractor and um, worked with my dad alongside him. And then ultimately we were too much alike and so I actually went on my own and within a matter of years um, outgrew him and um, ultimately bought him out. And uh, had 80, 85 employees. I had a lot of really good guys that worked for me. 
and it didn't require my constant attention. I had a lot of flexibility and that allowed me to be able to, uh, to get deeply involved in the church and just be there to do whatever because I was just so hungry to serve. Everything that I was doing was working. And in about that same time, the real estate market also began to take a turn for the worse. Our net worth began to, uh, began to just really drop. But I was convinced that we could ride it out. And then um, still at the end of it, we're upside down to the tune of about a million and a half and we ended up going bankrupt. During that time, I really wrestled with God. I resisted every step of the way. And it was, a, it was toward the beginning of that period of time when I began to, to read through the Bible, cover to cover, every year. So it didn't make sense to me that he was taking the business away from me because I had put him first. And I would sneak out to the woods so nobody knew where I was. And I would head out there no matter what the weather. And I would go out there and I would read God's word. I would see his promises. And rather than being encouraging, they would make me furious. I would challenge him to try to reconcile these promises that I'm reading in his word with my circumstances. And um, God was eerily silent through most of that time. But yet every time I went out there and every time I came back, I was completely filled with peace. And, um, and usually singing, um, it, it didn't make any sense. He, he loved me, even, even during the, the periods of time when, um, when I was having a meltdown. I mean, I, I learned to, to converse with God. Um, I learned to, to share with Him what's actually on my heart and not pretend that I'm not in pain. I mean, there are, there are aspects of it that, that I look at and I'm like, okay, this doesn't make sense. I don't know how God is going to work this out, but He continues to day after day and, and he meets me and, and he provides um, for me and for my family. So good and so real. And guys, maybe even right now, maybe that's resonated with you and maybe you're wrestling in the dark around your job or around finance. And, and if you would like us to pray for you, we would love to do that. You can do that right now in the chat. Whatever platform you're on, you can just say that you want prayer and someone will pray with you. Or you can go on our website and there's a little prayer feature called Say One For Me. And again, when you feed that in, you know, we get those in the week. Many of us staff and team here and our leaders and we, it's a great honour and privilege to pray for you. But isn't that incredibly powerful that that guy said, you know, my circumstances didn't change, but my faith and my hope in God went to a different level. How does that happen? Well, you remember what God has done and then you trust who God is. And that brings you to the final thing. You then hope even in the dark. You hope even in the dark. And Habakkuk comes to that point that we looked at on the board where he's on the mountaintop and he's saying, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like that of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights, not because the circumstances have changed, but because he's now got hope in the dark guy called Tim Keller, he, he, was, he was a preacher and, and an author in New York. He said this, a living hope enables us to have both sorrow and joy. Our living hope is an inheritance achieved for us by Christ. 
And guys, as we draw this series to a close, I want you to know if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you don't have this hope in the dark because you don't know Jesus, you can. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to know him even today before we finish our service together. But you know, you cannot have chapter three faith without chapter one. Chapter one, you're wondering. Chapter two, you're waiting. Chapter three, you're worshipping. Have the circumstances changed? Maybe they have, but maybe they haven't. But that's the beauty of hope in God. That's where hope in God makes the difference. And as we just draw in to end, I, I want to say something here, you know. We may enjoy God on the mountaintops, and I do, but we really get to know Him in the valleys. And you know, uh, and I said in the valleys, and I'm from South Wales originally. My family is, I wanted to almost say that in a Welsh accent. But you know, in the valleys of our experience and in, our, in the crisis that we're going through as a, as a global community right now, I do think that God wants us to really get to know Him in the valley. And to, as we emerge out of this, and we will, and we will, our faith and our hope to be stronger in God even though the circumstances might not change in the way that we want them to. Of course, they will eventually. But to come to that point where we have hope in the dark. And uh, just as we draw to a close, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I, uh, Chris and Abby Eaton, who are part of our team, part of our family here at the church, and, and they're, they're songwriters and singers. And, and we're so blessed to have not only them, but an amazing bunch of, of, of musicians and singers and creatives here in our church. And I said to Chris and Abby, hey, would you write a song for this series, like as you do? And they went, yeah, sure, we'll do that. And so they did. And so this is the first time anybody has ever heard this song. And so you're going to hear that song today, right now. It's called Hope in the Darkness. But as you do, and then our, our tech guy, Sam, and our media guy, Russ, and I said, hey guys, what could you do? Could you film this? Could you put some media? And so some of our creatives collectively came together to create something which is so powerful. And as you watch and as you listen, my prayer is that God, by His Spirit, will bring you and give you supernaturally, guys, today, hope in the darkness. You are God's own. His joyous song is treasure created in His likeness. A light that burns forever. You are God's own. Safe, secure, protected Through every trial and terror His love will hold you tight forever Who can know the pain that you are carrying? Who can even begin to understand? There is hope in the dark He knows. 
so beautiful, isn't it? And tomorrow that will come out on social media. I'd really encourage you guys to share it as widely as you can. I think our world needs that kind of message right now. And maybe you need that kind of message right now. Now, I was reminded this morning, just having a phone call of some people in our own church and it seems that things happen and then other things happen. And someone in my own connect group and so much pain and so much difficulty and circumstances don't seem to be getting any better. And my heart goes out to you when that happens. But you know, hoping God does make the difference even when the circumstances don't seem to change. Eventually they will. Eventually they will. But even in the waiting, even in the wondering, you can come to a point of worshipping. So guys, right now, whoever you are, wherever you're watching or connecting to this from, if your circumstances don't seem to change, if you look around and you say, I'm in the dark right now and you need hope, God can give it you. God can bring it to you right now. But you've got to do something. You've got to remember what God has done. You've got to trust in who He is. And then you come to that place of hope and you begin to shig off. You begin to worship. You begin to praise God even when circumstances don't seem to change. I want to pray for you right now, whoever you are. And if you want prayer, then you ask for prayer, okay? We're going to go into a song in a moment to finish. But even while we do that, maybe you want to engage in the chat or ask someone to pray for you. But I want to just pray for you right now. And then I'm going to give an opportunity for anyone who doesn't know Jesus to find that hope for themselves. But right now, I want to just pray for any of you who need that hope in the darkness. And right where you are, why don't you just almost open your hands or just close your eyes or just be still and receive from Him right now. God, I pray for every single person who's watching, waiting, maybe wondering right now. Maybe they're saying, God, are you really good when life is bad? God is hoping you're really gonna make a difference. Lord, I pray that you will give them supernatural hope in the darkness, that you'll give them peace. The Bible says that the world can't understand, that you'll give them that sense of your hand on their life right now. Holy Spirit, would you come, touch their lives in Jesus' name, I pray. And guys, right now, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never surrendered to Him, if you say, hey, I don't understand all this stuff, how can you have this hope in someone that you can't see? You can have that right now. God loved the world so much that He didn't leave us in our darkness, but He sent His only Son, Jesus, to live a perfect life and to die a cruel death. And then after He was dead, to be raised again from the dead so that we could have a relationship with God, so that we could know hope in our darkness. And if you want to know Him, you can know Him right now. And I wanna give you an opportunity to do that. If you're on church online, underneath me right now, there's gonna be a little hand thing that comes up and you can just click on that and respond. Or in YouTube or Facebook, you can just say, that's me. Just say, that's me. That's me. I wanna give my life to Jesus and our guys will help you You can go onto our website and fill in the next steps card and say, I want to know more about following Jesus. I encourage you to do that right now as I pray for you. And so maybe you wanna pray this prayer with me. God, I come to you today and I surrender my life to you. Would you give me hope in the darkness? Jesus, would you come and would you change me, transform me so that I would know you and have a relationship with you? I choose you. Even in this situation, I choose you right now as you choose me. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the Bible's view of hope is not like 
Dostoevsky's view. It's not like that guy that says, without tea, there is no hope. You know, the Bible's view of hope is this. Biblical hope is a confident expectation in the goodness of God. So even though it's dark, and even though circumstances aren't great, so just like a few months ago when we said goodbye to my mom and, we, and, and she died just at the start of lockdown and, and you know, in that darkness of that situation, one of her favourite Psalms was Psalm 23 that talks about the goodness and the mercy of God. And my mom held on to a little wooden cross as she passed from this life into the next. And so even though the circumstances for us as a family were dark, we had hope because we had biblical confidence. We had confident expectation in the goodness of God. And we're going to sing as we close our time together, this amazing song, Goodness of God, that we've been singing through this season. And Vicky's going to lead us in the song. But before she leads us in the song, she's going to introduce the song with a little bit of her own story. And this is so powerful to me. Having known Vicky and her sister Nick nearly all of their lives. Okay, we've known each other since they were kids. Uh, and, and knowing a little bit about the story of this, to even when the circumstances didn't change and when Vicky didn't get what she really wanted and what the family and what many of us didn't, we wanted it, didn't get it, but still coming to the point of hope and trust in the goodness of God. This is powerful. Guys, as you sing this, as you sing this, maybe you're wondering and, and, and waiting, come to worship today as you sing this incredible song. Listen to Vicky's story and then the song. Thank you. I just wanted to share something about this song, Goodness of God. It's a great song, but maybe for some it might be quite difficult to sing some of the words. And I know for me, about three years ago, I would have really struggled to sing this song when I was going through the pain and loss and grief of losing my sister Nick. But God has been bringing me on a journey and teaching me about his goodness even through our pain we can know that God is good even if we don't feel it even in our pain even in our unanswered questions questions that we may never have the answer to so we might not feel it but we can know that God is good and uh, you know we as we sing this song we can declare the words I will sing of the goodness of God. I'm gonna sing the goodness of God. So even if maybe we don't feel it, we can still know it in the core of who we are, deep inside that God is good because he loves us and he cares for us. <laughs> 